Welcome to Scholars and Sense. It's the podcast that takes a deep dive into the issues of the day. We do so with thoughtful conversation, and we rise above the noise and talking points. With the help of my colleagues, we get to the heart of the matter. I'm Bill Bennett, alongside my co-hosts, Conrad Black and Victor Davis Hanson. Conrad, Victor, let's jump in. Can we talk about a little foreign policy? Yeah. First, do you think China will provide lethal aid to Russia? I think they already are, Bill. They're yeah, just I do not too. Talking. And yeah. Yeah, they're the winner. They're the winner in all this. They don't mind us exhausting our arsenal or Europe exhausting our arsenal or uh, Russia. They don't mind Russia bleeding out either. That's been a traditional rival. And then they look at the world's lineup and they think, well, Russia's closer to us now than it is to the West. So is India in a way, in some ways. Turkey may be, of course, Iran and North Korea are going to be, I think both of them, I mean, Iran will probably be nuclear very soon. So they feel that there's been a shift in about half the world's population over to the Chinese-Russia new axis. And and yet they're going to be the dominant partner in that. And they feel that people in the West are so either they've exhausted their arsenal or they're not up to it or they're tired. And rather than Ukraine being a, a, mo- a model not what to do in Taiwan, they're going to think, well, do you really believe the West is going to get this entire effort and repeat it again to come to the aid of Taiwan? I wasn't aware that India, which has nuclear weapons, right? Uh, yeah. India India's joined the Chinese team? No, I don't mean join, but they are buying Russian oil against the sanctions. Yeah, but the, the Indians don't like the Chinese at all. Right. They don't like the Russians either. But no. they're. I think they're getting tired of us, too. They're not signing on to the Western alliance against Russia. And they're they're not sanctioning Russia. They're selling them things. They're buying their oil. In, in my opinion, India doesn't give a damn about Russia. I think I think they they are working more closely with the Japanese and the United States, and they are concerned about China. I think China is causing a kind no, of they're concerned about reaction it, yeah. in their area on the Ukraine impact on it. I, I would make this point. You know, it was thought initially, including by your chairman of the Joint Chiefs, that Russia would just flatten you. Ukraine, yeah. uh, it, you know, that what the, what would pass in that contest for liberty and democracy would just be crushed out like a cigarette butt didn't happen. That is not something China likes. I think they would have preferred a Russian victory. And and um, I, 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 and I think the comparison with Taiwan can be a bit overdone because Taiwan is armed to the teeth. And and, you know, there's four times as much blue water in the Formosa Strait than there was crossing to Normandy in 1940. When Eisenhower had absolute control of sea and air, and I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I, I think that the takeaway for China, I agree with what you said, Victor. They're happy to have Russia weakened. They're happy to have the West committing a lot of resources to Ukraine. Uh, they're happy for confusion. They're, uh, you know, the, Turkey is cynical. Iran is uh, insane. North Korea has always been a puppet of China. Um, and I think the Chinese hope that the Russians will be pushed right into their arms. But with all that said, I don't think the fiasco of Russia can be construed as a good thing for the forces of dictatorship and, and nominal communism in the world. I, I, I don't I think Russia's yet. done yet. I don't think Russia's done yet, unfortunately. No, no, no I, they're not done. I, no, I think they may win eventually. If winning's... Big spring if, offensive, I think. Yeah, yeah I think if you define offensive. it as if 
they're going to institutionalize the 2014 borders. But China's got 1.4 billion people. Russia has 140 million. And China's got a huge economy compared to Russia. It's much better armed. Let me come back. Let me come back. Ask Conrad about Taiwan. Um, Point well taken. What about just launching missiles? You'd have to cross the blue water. Do they want to destroy Taiwan or occupy Taiwan? They don't want to. Nu- they don't want to nuke Taiwan. I take it, right? No, but they that would rather have it destroyed than Western. Okay, so they might. So the hell with the blue water and Eisenhower, Conrad. No, <laughs> poor, poor old Ike has been taken to the woodshed here. Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> the, one, of the, the, one of the great notes in human history, right? <laughs> I, I take responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go, he said. Didn't he? Well, let's go. But, yeah, but, let's go. But, but um, uh, I mean, are we thinking this through, though? I mean, is this really China's going to say, "All right, we don't like Taiwan getting so." cozy with the west so we're just going to blast it with conventional missiles until it's a rubble heap i mean is, is that's not going to achieve much for them i don't think if they do it russia's doing that i think the what russia's strategy right now is you want to arm ukraine we're going to we're going to take what we took crimea and the donbass and we're going to institutionalize it forever and then we're going to destroy yeah. eastern ukraine and they've almost done it They've got 9 million refugees now. They've probably done about a half a trillion dollars in infrastructure damage. And as we speak, they're destroying building after building, whole blocks of building. And their attitude is, we're not going to be able to take Kiev. We're not going to be able to go beyond where we were when we started this war. But we're going to destroy the whole eastern part so that it's going to be a no man's land for the next 20 years. That's their act. No, they'll still lose, Victor. That's what they do. Yeah. In the end, I, I agree. Ukraine will have to. We, we've discussed this in previous episodes here that Ukraine will have to give up something. I mean, you, you, a country of 40 million is not going to humiliate a holy mother Russia. I agree with that. Uh, and, and, and the sooner it ends, even on a basis like that, the better, because then we can start enticing Russia back into the West because they will not love the embrace of the Chinese. We can felt. We- we can fill our armory back up too. Huh? Exactly, but look, I think Five the West years, would rather yes. pour development, you know, reconstruction aid into rebuilding Ukraine. Uh, it, it, you know, once it shapes up with you know a bit of integrity and in government and builds on this heroic tradition it has earned. To be fair, uh, they'd rather do that than just sending them javelin missiles and high marks. Okay. All right, let me ask you one more question about Taiwan. Armed to the teeth, if China started launching missiles across, could Taiwan launch missiles? and destroy Beijing or part of it? And do the Chinese know that, if so? I don't think they can do that. I think I, Not Beijing. I, I, no. I think they could fire missiles across the Formosa Strait, but not as far as Beijing, I believe. I think their hope is that China feels that it would like to capture their infrastructure, their business, their GDP, and then therefore they wouldn't want to just destroy it. They'd want to occupy it take it over. And that would be very, as Conrad said, that would be very bloody and, and cost but, them a lot of prestige. But... If that's not what they want to do and they feel they would just like to destroy it and then take over it and rebuild it from scratch, they can do that anytime they want. But could they inflict bloody harm on China? I don't think so. Uh, yes, they could do something, uh, Victor. They don't. They don't have nuclear weapons, but they. they, they yeah, I think they could. They could cause. You China really believe, Conrad, that with fifteen hundred nuclear weapons, that that communist party is going to sit there and the moment. A conventional missile hits a port city and blows up, say, 10 blocks. They're not going to sit, reply with a nuclear weapon. 
I don't. I, 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 they would be asking for trouble. I mean, they, there would be a real danger of nuclear exchange. Then. And you really it, believe Joe spoken. Biden? Would, Joe Biden would say to no, the American I, people, Joe Biden. No, I agree with that. Taiwan I, is now under the American nuclear umbrella. It's not an ally. It's not a member of NATO, but it's a. It's under our nuclear umbrella, and we're going to reply in kind. I don't think. So. Well, nobody. Well, look, he did say in the Defense Authorization Act a few months ago. He actually explicitly stated that if it was attacked, the Americans would intervene directly and. In support of Taiwan. I mean, he didn't I mean it. He, he, didn't mean says it. A lot, he, he says a lot of things. Though. Yeah, it's a red line. Remember, red. It's a red line. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a red line. But that was that never mind. Was approved by the Congress. Yeah, some- yeah, never mind again. Last thing. Um, so, son of a gun, it really does look like the Wuhan virus came out of the laboratory. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what do you well, know? I surprised right. the you guys. I know that. Well, what is the effect of this uh, on the American public? I mean, does this just add to the distrust of government, just head shaking and just, you know, what, what does it do to any of the issues we're talking about? Anything or is it just, well, never mind. Too bad. I, I think it must add to the sense that China is a threat. I mean, a little bit like the Cold War threat. Yeah. Uh, and, and and back to Roosevelt's time, the Nazi threat. I, I mean, I, I think that's. I think it, it's it's got to cause that vast number of sane, if relatively silent, Americans real concern. But you, I mean, I'm not the American. Am I dreaming up here? No, I think you're right about that. I think on the left. I think on the right now, everybody was well beyond that with China, but the left wasn't. And they were so worried about this virus with the mask and the vaccination. It helped, you're right, for people who were indifferent to China or they were pro-Chinese, it's it's moved them a little bit to the normality of being anti-Chinese. It's also, I think, after the Russian collusion and the laptop disinformation and all of these, uh, the vaccination will protect you from being infected or infection be infectious right that's now i I think it's just adds to the idea you can't you shouldn't trust the media or the government and that's starting to affect people that are not just conservative so this idea that the government and the media swore to us that if you said the lab was the embryo of this virus you were racist all right so this i I think it's helped i think conrad's right about that so it helps us this this affection Helps us, helps our our cause. Okay. Uh, I have hopes, uh, personal, if you'll allow me to, with this new subcommittee on China, chaired by Mike Gallagher. Uh, He went to college with my older son and then served in the Marine Corps with my younger son. Uh, And um, he's a very impressive guy. He looks like he's about 12 12 years old. uh, Very good on television. Multilingual, uh, Farsi, you know, all sorts of things. And uh, I have high hopes for him. And uh, I think he got, you know, I think he got some pretty fairly, can I say this, not an oxymoron, reasonable Democrats on that committee, subcommittee. Anyway, we'll see. Gentlemen, thank you. This is great. That does it for today's show. Want to join the discussion? Email this show at scholarsandsensepodcast at gmail.com. Share the show with your family and friends. Subscribe, rate, review. For Conrad Black and Victor Davis Hansen, I am Bill Bennett, and we'll talk again soon.